Hello to you, Alex Ott here. Welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Today, we are continuing with one of our featured themes. It's a topic dedicated to intercultural missionary teams. As missionaries, most of the time, we find ourselves a part of a multicultural team of one type or another. In our ministries, we closely interact with local host nationals as well as with other missionaries from diverse cultural backgrounds. In today's episode, we're looking at what makes an intercultural team safe. And safety is the primary element for an intercultural team. That is, of course, outside the essential spiritual gifts of humility and love towards others, that are given to us by the Lord himself. My interview partner today is Ronald Kuhn. Ron is Associate Director of the Institute of World Mission. He served on many multicultural teams across decades of his cross-cultural mission service with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And of course, as you can imagine, the Institute of World Mission team is very much multicultural. We have members from different cultural backgrounds, from South Africa, the United States of America, Latin America, Europe, the African continent, all across. Intercultural team dynamics is something that we live every day, and this is what we'd like to share with you today together with Ron. With that, let us move straight to the interview itself. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Ron, welcome to the Institute of World Mission Podcast. Thank you, Alex. Look, we've been working on a special series, which is all about intercultural teams. And um, sometimes we think that intercultural teams is scientific, social science word, but the reality is that Adventist missionaries, most of them, in fact, are part of multicultural, intercultural teams, and this topic is of huge importance to them. Today, we agreed to discuss safety in Adventist missionary teams. So let me ask you this first question. Why safety? What is this concept? Why safety is important for group team interactions? If people don't feel safe, they don't, uh, they don't perform their best. They will be reserving and holding back. And the word safety is a synonym of trust. In order to create trust, a leader needs to trust. Uh, team members need to trust. So the safety environment involves many things. Um, if there is safety, they will be actually accept, they will accept and others will accept that mistakes will be part of the growth process. People will make mistakes. And we are actually hard on ourselves and others. We don't want mistakes. We sometimes ourselves, we don't accept mistakes. Safety also allows for diversity. Can we work when we think differently? So the leaders and the people need to need to remember. And the leader creates this, that we are 
great or we can become great because of our diversity. And uh, that will also allow and, and people feel safe. They trust one another. They are allowed to, let's say, to be themselves in this space of trust, safety. Then they will, they will excel in creativity because they say, okay, it is okay to make a mistake. So I can, I can go a little bit on my edge to give more, to risk more, because we are all kind of in this, in this mode of, uh, well, I can't risk because if I risk, I'll make a mistake. Well, if leaders do not allow a little bit of, let's say, energy and creativity, which sometimes brings some risks into the pot, then we don't experience more than the, the ordinary that has already been done. So this, in the end, brings freedom, this safety, this uh, trusting, allowing people to be themselves in their diversity of skills will bring freedom, will bring uh, freedom of thought, ideas, creativity, and of action. Thank you, Ron. This is so interesting. Uh, sometimes we may think we are Christians, Adventists. If anything, we are after a Christ-like character, and some may even think that there, are, there shouldn't be any problems. We are kinder, we are more forgiving to each other, we, because that's what Jesus is like. He is loving and forgiving and full of service, and that's what we aspire to. But despite this aspiration, it seems that it is still a possibility for dysfunctional teams, even among Adventist missionaries or the teams that we serve in as Adventist missionaries. And what you just beautifully described is probably the most important prerequisite that a functional, a blessed team can have is this first feeling that it's safe to be part of this team. It's, and what I heard from you and I was taking notes is four particular points that a safe team is where mistakes are possible, blunders are possible. Number two, we can be different culturally. We accept each other's cultural differences. Number three, such a group allows for initiative and creativity. And number four is that there is freedom to share our thoughts, our ideas, like you said, ourselves, to be ourselves in this, in this kind of setting. So let me move to the second question. What destroys safety? I mean, provided that we are Christians and that we are after a character like Christ, still there's so much dysfunction or a possibility for dysfunction. So what destroys this basic prerequisite, this, this atmosphere of safety? Well, just responding a little bit to what you said that, um, you know, because we believe in Christ, we believe in God's help and, um, and direction and forgiveness and all the, all the, you know, all the Christian virtues that we are taught. It doesn't mean we will individually live up to those expectations every day. Remember the disciples, you know, the, the, the Bible is full of stories. Remember the disciples at the end almost of uh, many years in Jesus' uh, university, let's call it this way. They were there struggling among themselves to see who will be the greatest. So that's probably one lesson, uh, uh, one of the first uh, aspects, Alex, to answer your question. The, the struggle for power, even, for example, even the, to start with the, with the leader himself, some leaders are, are, are insecure. They haven't matured yet that, A, you will not be the perfect leader. 
everybody expect. You will not have all the, the skills. What the best thing you can do is to create a space of trust for people. So what destroy that is allowing, for example, the a critical behavior, um, a finger pointing and those things. But there are also a specific aspects regarding um, a culture. For example, cultural blindness. People do not understand and they do not actually learn from the culture uh, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, why certain people behave in different ways. For example, as we know, there are the cultures with different values. So the question is, what are those values? In certain cultures, there is even order in which a person will speak based on age, seniority, uh, even gender sometimes. And so not knowing if you are culture blind, uh, then you, you will stumble and people will feel confused why this person doesn't respect. In the, in the same way that you will be blind, they will be blind about what, what you are doing because they don't know your values. They know their values. You are the host. So I, I mentioned the power struggle that that can be a very uh, detrimental. People are looking for a space to perform, not a space sometimes to, yes, human nature tries to show uh, a bit of uh, their pride there. I, I can do and or I'm better. Yeah. Let's put it this way. You will always be better than somebody on something. That's why teams are important, because we need the best of each person into the pot. So one of the things that destroy that is, is jealousy. It is, um, it is the lack of goals. People don't know where they are going because they haven't carved it together as a team. It is not up to the leader only to say, where, the, where are we going? It is up to the leader to create a space for the team to decide where are we going. And then it creates a shared, uh, let's say, ownership. We are going this direction because that's what we decided. And I had a voice. Another thing that destroys is people feel they have no voice, Alex. And they, and they feel that um, they have to be perfect, so then they don't act. Remember the first points we talk. You, you need to, to create a space that allows and trusts people that they will make mistakes. Actually, you can turn that into a lessons learned. You bring people together. What can we learn from all our mistakes? Which team does that? Let's learn today from our mistakes. And... And we need to allow room for forgiveness. If you don't forgive, if you don't allow people to, then you have a tremendous problem there. Fantastic. Um, as I am jotting down this last one on forgiveness, let me um, just for the sake of our hearers quickly go through those several things that you just mentioned. What destroys safety? What I have here is power struggle when we care more about our position than the good of the team, criticism and jealousy. Cultural blindness, this is a big one. When we feel that this is how I should behave and this is how everybody else should behave and this is how team should function, but it can be legitimately different from another person's view. So this is a big one in terms of what destroys safety in Adventist missionary teams. Another one you said, lack of vision, um, feeling that people do not have a voice. And the last one is that they not forgive. Maybe they are, we are not as quick in forgiving as we should be. Thank you, Ron. All of those things destroy safety. And back, why are we discussing safety? 
because this is the number one prerequisite. Research shows that this is the top prerequisite. This is where everything begins. If people feel safe. And now we're coming probably to the crux of our uh, interview here, to the most important part. How do we create a safe environment? And this is the question. So what practices help people feel safe in intercultural teams? Well, um, you need to do things together to build that safety. And people need to get to trust you. So as, as a leader, you need to model some things. If you want to be a leader, if you want to facilitate the, the, the synergy of a group, you need to model certain things. Uh, you need to allow for feedback. And uh, before even you allow for feedback, you need to learn yourself. So how can we learn? Well, most cultures in the world, let me, let me, let me put it this way. Most cultures in the world, the real things happen out of the formal and from the informal, what I mean with that, well, you, you, you want to get a, a, a sensitive point across your team. You don't call for a formal meeting. Sometimes you know what you need to do? Go out and spend time eating with people. Get to know them, their families, ask about their ordinary life. Actually, Jesus did that. He showed interest in people's ordinary life. That was his first miracle in a wedding where there was a problem there. And so um, uh, he he helped and he he mingled. So you need to you need to you need to mingle. You need to actually incarnate the life of the of the, the community of the local. You need to live. You need to learn. You need to listen, and you need to create an atmosphere that you are also vulnerable because then people will be actually they will say okay if the leader is not the Superman. He also is vulnerable. He also shared that he doesn't know this or doesn't know that. And he asked my input. I can also feel myself, be myself, that I will not be that perfect person. And so uh, it is okay to, to be vulnerable. But most leaders don't want to admit that they don't, don't know certain things. And they actually don't even want to accept criticism. Well, one, one of the practices is to allow for feedback, give people the voice. But the question I ask you, Alex, is in a multicultural setting, how do you give voice to people when they, but let's say according to their culture, they will not be uh, very direct like maybe some of us are? Or the, other, or the other way, some are very direct and then you feel threatened, so the leaders pull back and, they, they, and then they... So you have to allow, let, let's use the, the word space for grace, for relations to, build, to be built, for you to learn from them and then they learn from you. And then, and then you, you, you'll be, be growing. The, okay, what, what are the common objectives here? How can we grow things? Even Jesus said, there are many things I want to tell you. You cannot take it right now. So he earned their trust. And when everything failed, they still remember, he trusted me. I am not perfect, but he, he cares. He loves me. He trusts me. Because he mingled with them, he became one of them. So that's probably the, one of the best things that a leader, a team builder, let's use the word, a team builder can do is to create this atmosphere of learning, the leader learning himself and the people engaging in getting to know one another and how can we work this out for the good of, of our mission, let's call, for the good of our, our goal, our objectives of this, this enterprise, this project. 
You know, Ron, just our next question will be a very important part of this interview where we will go deeper into some of the cultural applications. Um, but reflecting on what you just said real quickly here, I hear three major points here. Um, number one is bonding. Trust and safety are possible when team members bond with each other and leaders are responsible for, the, for this. So eating together helps, visiting their families, mingling as families. This bonding is the foundational part for any kind of safety. And with this episode is now our third one in this series, we're getting deeper into what works. Best research today, again, I'm um, uh, looking at the research that we are following, trying to look into some of the books social science research, intercultural teams research, safety comes as number one in um, showing, in helping uh, intercultural teams actually work. Number two, what I heard from you is this incarnation, is to be able to, to kind of think the way people think, try to put yourself into another person's shoes, think like they think, understand their perspectives, this this mental even spiritual practice of having this empathy with the other person try to be in his place is is very important as a practice and you describe that and number three is the vulnerability part and we will probably have a whole separate episode on what it means for a leader or intercultural team member to be vulnerable um, but right now, as, as a way of introduction, you mentioned that it is able to learn, it's able to receive feedback, it's, it's uh, encouraging feedback. So these three are huge. Bonding, incarnating, and being vulnerable. That's what creates safety. All right, now to the big cultural question. So we wanted to discuss five cultural values that impact how missionaries perceive safety. So those five are identity, authority, expressiveness, achievement, and risk. And we'll very quickly go into each one, maybe just a couple minutes on each one. The first one is identity. People either perceive themselves as individuals or as part of groups. How is this cultural continuum impact what we contribute or not contribute to a group's safety? Uh, this this uh, going into the cultural differences and values and difference of values. Um, all humans need very similar, um, I'd say they live in a similar way, but um, there are certain cultural traits that are, are, let's say, more highlighted in certain cultures. For example, the individualistic versus collectivists. It is not that individualistic cultures are not collectivist, but they do things more in, let's say, according to uh, individuals' preferences. In a collectivist culture, the the individual will somehow be they they will relinquish their rights or or their preference sometimes for the the greater good. Let's put it this way: um, there is more peer pressure, there is more togetherness. Um, there are actually good aspects in both and also some, um, some disadvantages in both sides. So 
there is no perfect way here. We can learn from all these uh, this differences and uh, see how things will work best in one setting and the other. But how it impacts, the question is uh, how it impacts the, the, the missionary life or the, the team builder. Well, it impacts greatly because um, in, a, in a culture where, let's say, is high versus low power, the, the authority aspect that you mentioned, where, where authority is high, people will tend to wait more on the leaders or on those who are age uh, or those who have, let's say, more or could be anything influencing the society, a certain authority or a certain position or even the, the, the social status in terms of who is richer or who is this. So there is many, many things to play in a more, let's say, lower power distance where it's more equally shared. People have the voice and they don't care who is who. For example, in many countries, especially individualistic countries, the police stop somebody and they nobody even tell the police who they are. I am, I am, do you know who I am? The police will say, I don't care who you are. You are a citizen and you should abide by the law. Well, it is not that same in other collectivists. People will say, do you know who I am? Because status and authority have a high weight on that. Then if they said, I am, uh, I am such and such, or I am a senator, or I am the mayor, well, that changes the whole dynamics of the, <laughs> of the police relationship. But in many countries, the police will say, I don't care. I don't want to know who you are. You are speeding ahead. So you see, you see the difference of uh, authority, but then expressiveness. In some indirect question, Alex, um, the people will not express the way they want to express uh, let's say it like others from direct questions. They there will be time, the right time, the right setting. Maybe it's not the formal setting that you have established as a team. For for example, you okay. Let's talk about this point. Well, in some uh, in some cultures, they will not actually at that moment express what they think. There will be a specific time for them to do that. Maybe a more informal setting. And on the uh, achievement aspect, or uh, you know, competitive versus cooperative, we need to understand more that the individualistic cultures from their little, let's say from the first years, they push the individual to excel on their own in the areas that they are good at. And they praise people for that. Well, in the more cooperative societies, they actually try to recognize everybody. Because putting one above the other creates more jealousy. And it, it kind of uh, destabilizes the harmony where everybody can do things together. And so also risk, you know, certain, uh, certain groups are more risk takers by, by nature. They don't care. Well, if we fail, we will learn from it. Well, others are not like that because there are many other dimensions that we're not talking here, Alex, for example, honor and shame. In certain cultures, shame is high, so you don't take a, a high risk because then if you fail, some there will be a lot of shame. Shame on you and shame on others that you are part of the team. So, you know, there are so many aspects of this cultural dimension. That's why leaders have to learn and be very sensitive. Thank you, Ron. We have a passion for Adventist missionaries to be 
versed in truly understanding cultural dimensions and dynamics. This is probably the foundation of missionary effectiveness outside, of course, uh, of the entire spiritual world that we're dealing with, um, being those who are sent by God, who is the owner of this mission, and being his workers, and being uh, in the harvest of his world field. Outside of this, when it gets down to um, uh, how, how we are as people, what our cultures are, this foundational skill or competency is to be able to understand at least some general things about where people might be coming from in the other cultures. And Ron, you just you just went through, and I really appreciate that you brought the sixth cultural dimension, but the five that we, um, we've planned together to uh, share with our listeners today again are identity. How do I perceive myself? Am I an individual or I'm part of the group? And that's more important. How I perceive authority how I perceive my own authority or how I relate to authority of others. Then expressiveness. You beautifully mentioned uh, the, uh, the implicit and explicit ways to how different cultures express themselves, as well as the, uh, uh, some, some cultures are way more emotional than the others. And then um, the achievement. How do we understand what effectiveness is where, when we achieved something? And finally, how we take risks. And of course, the issues of honor and shame. It's just for the sake of our listeners right now, we are just scratching the surface, just simply scratching the surface. But I think we are able maybe to build that picture that people can be coming, you know, in these cultural dimensions from drastically different viewpoints and practices and habits and that will impact how everyone will feel, whether it's a safe place to be or not. But when we're able to understand the others back to our practices, right? To have an open mind, understand where we are coming from, we can actually treasure that safety. We can reassure each other that, look, we may feel different about different things, and let's talk about those things. But more than anything, we want each other to be here. We know the Lord has sent us here. He wants us here. And it's a safe place to be, even if we will misunderstand each other. Ron, I'd like you to, if, if you would, please um, kind of bring it all together for, um, for our audience, because we will conclude this interview with, uh, uh, with you kind of tying it all up together for this topic of safety today. Yes, um, safety has many dimensions but um, it is created when we have the bond of love and trust that uh, the Bible tells us. If we really love one another, if we really accept, uh, if we give a space for grace, if we, if we also allow people to become who they wish, but they sometimes are locked by so many things that um, nobody has helped them to unlock if we create this safety, this space for, uh, I would use the word here, can we allow dreamers to dream? And, uh, and that, to, to, to be able to allow that, we have to bring all the aspects of our, let's say, our theory, religious theory into, into practice, supporting one another, loving one another, unselfish in an unselfish way. 
um, where we will, will, let's say, love each other as ourselves. But in order to do that in a culturally diverse way, there is a lot of learning, a lot of knowledge that has to be acquired before you can lead. So sometimes, you know what? The best role a leader could have is to identify people who actually can help them to overcome the, their blind spots. You, you remember, you put a blind uh, spot there in a, in a somewhere there, cultural blindness. Well, you may, uh, let's say, if, uh, if you feel that uh, you want to be an effective leader, sometimes you need to find those who can translate those hidden aspects of cultures for you and put them in charge of certain many things. So uh, quite often the role of the leader was, is just to create space for people to be the leaders they want to be and, and, and connect and channel that synergy, that energy. Well, we didn't talk about conflict. Uh, safety is not the absence of conflict, Alex. Safety is allowing conflict to be channeled in a positive way. Let's put this way. The leader will see that there are tensions and he will find a way to allow people to express why are they uncomfortable? Why are they disagreeing with that? So part of the safety is to deal with conflict where people have a voice. Sometimes the voice is not to resolve things, but just for the fact that you allow people to have a voice, an input, a feedback, we could call it many ways. That in itself is the solution for certain conflicts. You allow participation, you allow people to be themselves. So, and and lastly, you know, if there is no ingredient of, uh, let's say, God's um, east of uh, power, let's put it, to grow the team, if we do not believe in the power of God, if we do not pray together, if we do not bring, let's say, uh, the message of forgiveness, of uh, helping each other that Jesus taught us, we will not succeed. We will achieve some things. We may even fool ourselves that we are really doing something. Yes, if you are practicing those things, you will, you will achieve uh, good things. But let's not fool ourselves. Probably the most important ingredient is that the peace that God can create will be what really makes the difference of a safe team, let's say environment, and a very unhealthy, a healthy, a safe team, and an unhealthy, unsafe team to work with. So we need the bond of peace that only God can bring to us. Thank you so much, Ron. For our listeners, this is a series on intercultural teams. We're getting into um, some depth right now. And one of the first things, prerequisites that intercultural teams need to be effective together is safety. The second big thing that we kind of talked today, but just in passing, is vulnerability. And um, Ron, next time when we do uh, our next interview together, we will discuss what it means for Adventist leaders, for Adventist missionaries, Adventist uh, missionaries in any position to be appropriately vulnerable to allow their teams to be more safe, more able to perform according to God's will 
for those groups of people. That's next time for today. Thank you, Ron, so much for um, being with us today and taking this series to the next step. My pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Just as I mentioned in the introduction, today's episode is a part of a thematic series. You can find links to all our previous episodes, actually two of them, dedicated to intercultural teams in the show notes. We hope you are enjoying your summer. Or maybe it's winter. Well, that all depends where you are in the world and what July is for you. And while you have a moment with us, don't forget to subscribe to the IWM podcast. This will be one more step that you can take towards your community of Adventist missionaries. By the way, we always appreciate your feedback and suggestions. Write to me at otta at gc.adventist.org. And now, together with my colleagues at IWM, let me say that we are looking forward to seeing you next week. <music>